Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to the PH Nutrition Podcast. My name's Liam, I'm the owner of PH Nutrition, and I'm joined by Luke Hall, coach and podcast co-host. Lukey, how are you, buddy? I'm good, thank you, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're filming this kind of just before Christmas, so getting ready to have some time or some time away with the family sort of thing and obviously people listening will have seen the topic of today is about fat loss which is always one that people want to listen to just after christmas which is why we're dropping it there as well exactly so exactly the the kind of premise of this episode is no fluff no no bs advice because unfortunately you probably are going to be bombarded with diet advice and fat loss advice and how to set up your 2024 in the right way and what we want to try to do is just cut through that noise and talk about basically why people don't start and why people find it very difficult if they do get started with their diets why people fail normally two three weeks in to their their, to their nutrition in 2024 and to give you our exact blueprint like our exact roadmap of what we do with clients so you know, you can basically take this away and, and implement it straight away. You know, it's it's something that we really pride ourselves on. Our principle is like, <laughs> there isn't a mini fluff. There isn't any weird and wonderful methods. It's very much about personalized nutrition. And I think that's a term that gets banded around quite uh, flippantly, you know, in terms of like you know, personalized nutrition. Oh, it's just a macro calculator, you know, and actually we want to, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about this in terms of how to personalize it and, you know, what that actually means you know, from our side of things. So we'll kind of wrap these things off uh, and go on to the next one. So hopefully, let's say each section, you can kind of take some stuff away. So 2024 coming around, Luke, I'm thinking about getting my nutrition in place. I'm just feeling a little bit overwhelmed. Why, why don't people start? Like, is it just confusion, overwhelmed? Like, what it, what, what are you seeing? A lot of the time, um, especially in January as well, it's it's almost like there's no good time to start. There's never a good time to sort of start. And in January, it's potentially one of the worst times to start, but people always do it because it's the new year and change and that kind of thing. Because 
there tends to be kind of stuff going on. You kind of have that Christmas and New Year hangover where motivation and for a lot of things is either going to be one of two. It's either going to be super high and you're feeling like fired up going to it, or it's going to be low because it's dark and it's cold and, yeah. and you might even be feeling ill and those kind of things. And it's one of those where you kind of still just want to, Christmas was lovely, let's still kind of stay and do that. Um, mm. And I think in January, as you've kind of alluded to as well, that people get bombarded from all angles of different messages about fat loss, what you should do. Obviously, there's loads of different things in January, like dry January, veganuary, all those kind of things. And, and people aren't necessarily too sure what to do it, how to do it as well. And obviously, that's something that we're going to try and, and help with today. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's yeah one of those things where there's not really a good time to start. And although January might feel like a good time to start, it tends to be sort of delayed because even in the new year, like especially if you've got kids, schools aren't back until kind of another week yeah. after sort of thing. So yeah. New Year's Day is going to be a write-off because you're going to be feeling bad for New Year's Eve and you'll be like, oh, well, I'll start the day after, but then the day after is a Tuesday and you're like, I can't start a diet yeah. on a Tuesday because yeah. who does that midweek? Yeah. Uh, and then it's delayed to like the next Monday, but you haven't done any prep because you've still got to deal with obviously the kids and that Christmas hangover kind of thing. So yeah. just kind of gets that pushed off, pushed off, pushed off, not really sure what to do kind of thing until it's february and then you're like well it's february now i've lost all motivation to change in the new year so february is normably worse yeah. weather as well like it's even february colder sucks. and sucks like, yeah it's so horrible but i think you're right that christmas kind of like residue isn't it like that yeah you can kind of just ah well like you say second of january do i really want to start now i haven't got any shopping in second of january is not a good time to start it's the second I mean, who's it's starting the, on the second. second yeah exactly it's not a monday and i do think that 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 is something that is real. Like, you know, I do think the people um, that have this kind of, like you say, that this lag. Or, like you say, you, the people that are super motivated and get onto it, like, this is not for you. Like, if you're getting onto it, like, you need to listen to the next kind of couple of points that we make in terms of, like, why it fails. But when you're getting started, one of the things that I see a lot, a lot of the time and I talk about in newsletters and posts is called the importance trap. And it's something that we can get caught in and where we place so much importance on getting everything perfect before we actually start that we actually end up not starting because it's like, oh, I feel sleepy. Oh, my kids aren't sleeping. Oh, I've got a niggle. Oh, I haven't got a shop in. Oh, I need to do blah, 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 blah. And actually, you never actually start because you just place so much importance at getting all your ducks in a line where in actual fact, that very rarely happens. Like in, in any part of your year, like regardless if you've got kids, regardless if you're a single person, regardless if you're, you know, shift worker, normal nine to five or whatever, you very rarely have everything in line or like no social situations or no thing. You can't live like a hermit. And that's where I think people don't actually start because they think that they have to have all of this in place. It's something that we help. We teach. We reason why we start our programs on a Thursday, which is maybe weird for people, is that we give you a couple of days intro. Because starting on a Sunday, you go, oh, my God, Asda don't have chicken breast. What am I going to do? And this mad rush happens. So we start on a Thursday, give you a few days intro. And this is something that we would really encourage people to be doing. If you are that person who doesn't want to start or feel that they kind of never can get going, you've got to just be breaking it down. And that's something that we're going to talk about how to do it at the end, towards the end. The next thing is that you don't get started because so if you do get started why you can't actually continue past maybe day one day two day three is because it's too confusing 
This is a real bugbear of mine with kind of nutrition is that there's either a gross oversimplification or there's a massive overcomplication. So gross oversimplification basically is like eating a deficit. And even though the principle is correct, that doesn't actually ring true for a lot of people because they don't know what a deficit is. They don't know what their maintenance calories is. They don't know what their total daily energy expenditure is. They don't know, you know, how many calories that they're currently eating. So all of this is just, it's just noise to say like eating a deficit and hit your protein target. And like, people don't know what that means. It's so oversimplified. However, a lot of the time people then go, oh, you need carb cycling. Oh, you need fasting. Oh, you need, you know, this, you know, new method of doing, I don't know, 86 hour fast. And then you go into only could include in these food groups and drinking apple cider vinegar. It, it's just a way to, you know, uh, complicated that it just isn't being able to be implemented in your lifestyle. This probably rings true for people that are busy, that are, I mean, I don't think most people are busy, but like maybe you don't have very much time to cook, you know, you don't have very much time to prep or do whatever, then creating this massive meal plan of these complex recipes isn't going to be something that you're going to be able to do in your situation. So it's too confusing because it doesn't match the situation that you're in. So that's where I think if you do start something, you've got to really do your due diligence due diligence in terms of working with a coach that potentially understands what you're doing in terms of your training perspective, understands your lifestyle, you know, so that comes down to that what I'm gonna talk about, let's say that personalized you know, it's a really it's a really tough thing because it's no there's not a definitive answer in terms of how you seek out the person that's gonna be giving you something that's gonna work. But you like say you re I would highly advise the biggest bit of advice is to read client reviews on someone's page and don't just look at a before and after picture because it doesn't actually give you any context if you're looking at someone going i'm a busy mum of three and this allowed me to do x i was training for high rocks and i was allowed to lose weight and you know increase my performance if that resonates with you then that you know obviously you know that that's going to be not too far away from what you're you know that that program is going to work for you so you know that would be my piece of advice any reasons why you think that people maybe start things and then don't continue past the first one or two days? I think, I mean, you've ticked off a lot there as well. And I think people start things and they tend to, especially in January, actually, I think, because it's one of the most intense times of people kind of doing this is they start way too big. They go way too aggressive, way too soon. And there's too much of maybe a juxtaposition between what they were eating for Christmas and New Year. And then they give themselves a couple of salad leaves and some chicken breast and they're like, this sucks. I'm not doing this for more than a day or two. And then they change. And obviously we know that fat loss doesn't have to look like that at all. And I think that that because it's so close to a relatively indulgent time of the year as well, mm. uh, that difference can have kind of more of an impact on people for sure. Mm. Even though they're, they're doing it wrong, they don't have to do it like that. Yeah, absolutely, buddy. I think you nailed it there where, I did, a, I did a talk to coaches on how to coach nutrition. And I was like, your goal with nutrition is to take that person to the next level, wherever they're at. So the first thing you've got to do is you've got to meet your client where they're at. And then you've got to take them to the next level. All too often, I see people trying to get someone who doesn't have a clue about a macro or doesn't never track their food or, you know, doesn't cook that much. And you're trying to give them this complex meal plan with exact kind of breakdowns of how many carbs and how many fats and how many grams of this that and whatever and you're just jumping them way too far down the scale 
Whereas actually all of they need to do is potentially structure their snacking so they're not grazing all afternoon and improve their breakfast. Like that's taking them to the next level. And then once they get a bit of momentum, then you can start to layer on this detail. And like you say, in the first couple of days, if you don't do that, people are just going to go, wow, which is, well, I don't know what I'm doing here. I'm confused. And you don't get any momentum. You don't get an early win. You don't then allow yourself to, to, to layer on any further detail and see progress. So it's something that I, you know, we work hard on in terms of trying to simplify that initial process with people. Um, it's a big one where I'm like, meet that person where they are. Like if they say in their intake form, I'm a busy parent, I'm a busy professional, you know, who does the majority of the cooking and we have a little drop down on our thing, delivery, then don't give them loads of complex recipes. <laughs> you know, talk about how they're going to make better choices, how you can make some no cook meals and talk about other things that are going to help get them that mini win first. So, you know, for you, if you are listening and if you've gone through that process, whether that was last January, earlier in the year, you know, that's something to do if you're going to be doing it yourself. You've got to start slow and identify what is the you know low-hanging fruit and what's the smallest win that you can make to make the biggest effect. So cool. All right. Let, let's use someone. So, you know, I've started my diet. Do you know what? I'm feeling all right. Like I'm feeling pretty good. I'm two, three, I'm like I'm three days in, got prepped, crushed that week. I'm feeling really, really good. But then I'm like towards like seven days, 10 days, I start to go, do you know what? This is our work. I can't be bothered to do x again and day 14 day 15 i'm like this ain't for me mm. why why does that happen so frequently buddy i mean it's a it's a similar reason to kind of the one that i mentioned before it might be that they've gone too low too soon and they're not mm. tailoring it to themselves it might be that they've gone too hard too soon with the training as well and i know yeah. another thing that kind of happens is uh, people in general get quite demotivated quite easily so if you've done a week on something new and you step on the scales or you look at whatever metric you're looking at and it hasn't moved yeah. a lot of people think well why 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 the f am i doing this what am i doing this for if there's no progress and we obviously know that progress is not necessarily linear it will be over time and um, but it's going to bounce up and down and up and down sort of thing so it's one yeah. of those where going too hard too soon and then getting demotivated when you don't see the results you want in such a short space of time, potentially because you're doing things in the wrong way as well. Uh, yeah, suffering for for the not for no real need yeah. and yeah, not seeing that progress. I think you make an excellent point there, buddy. Where all too often I see people make this create this massive gap between their nutrition and training, where they think that they have to do everything in the first couple of weeks, and they start to you know maybe increase their output or their training by. F by 75, 100, 150%. So they go from doing hardly anything over Christmas period. They then go back into doing five, six sessions a week. Or if they are training through Christmas, they then double that up. And then they decide to aggressively cut their intake as well. So what happens is you create this big gap. So your training output is really, really high and your intake is really, really low. And what happens is you can get away with that for a few days. So however that compounds, and then you find that wow, I just can't continue this because either you feel sluggish, you're not seeing progress on the scale because your body's just in a constant state of stress and, you know, you end up overeating at other times of the week because, like you say, you're underfueling your body and asking it to do an excessive amount of exercise. So my advice is if you're someone that is preferring to train differently, 
you know, we have people that train, you know, maybe six, eight times a week, you know, maybe double sessions, they do something for the weekend. Then your diet, your, your, sorry, your calorie deficit, if you wanted to lose weight, needs not, it can't be that aggressive. It needs to be smaller. So this is where you might choose a gradual fat loss deficit of maybe 150 calories, 200 calories. And what that then allows you to do is have more calories to be able to enhance your exercise and your output. However, if you're sedentary, if you're sitting on your ass all day and you can only train like twice or three times a week, you know, then yeah, you, to lose weight, you'll need to cut your intake. But doing both to the extremes will lead to failure. It's about that personalization. So we have people that go, I want to train more. Well, I'm like, okay, well, we need to create less of a deficit. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to sustain your progress. It's as simple as that. And, you know, we have pushback on clients to be like, oh, I can't eat that much. And I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> you, you're going to fail. Like, it, I'm, it's, that, it's that kind of black and white. Like, you can't get away with it. Low energy availability across the, you know, the week, across the month you will end up breaking down and not seeing progress. So yeah, that my, that's my biggest one. And, and like you said there, like, you know, not seeing progress through a certain metric is frustrating for a lot of people weight on, you know, scale weight. That's probably a whole different podcast in terms of scale weight and going through that because it's probably a good one to put on the list, mate. Like <laughs> yeah. what are the reasons why this is happening? But like you say, in January, you've got to make sure that you're playing the medium to long-term game. Like you're, you know, the weight that you gained isn't gained in two weeks and it's not going to be lost in two weeks. So I'm not expecting you to be focusing on the next six months and 12 months. You've got to make an, an, an early win, but maybe you've got to be like, right, three weeks, six weeks, three months, focus on what you can do to achieve it in that time frame, And that's going to help you. So yeah, it, it's... Is, there's a lot of there's a lot of nuance around like kind of say why people fail, but that's a big one. The other thing like we touched on it is situation. You say like you've got to have someone that's put a plan in place or the training in place that's you're actually going to be able to sustain and be achievable. So like I said, if you've got if you've got other people to consider in your household, you've got to the, you know the diet plan has got to be able to fit around this. You know if you've got work commitments travel it's got to be able to work around this it's no good just being like trying to fit someone to a method to a diet and you know and then wondering why they kind of don't see you know progress and i think that's why i have the you know i, I don't mind fasting and i don't mind kind of other bits and pieces but i think it's a tool like we've always talked about you know it's a tool that you can use at certain times so you know like say if you're traveling for work it might be that you fast certain parts of the day or part of your week because the food choices are horrendous and it allows you to manage your food choices because you're going to be out boozing or you're going to be out you know, entertaining clients or you're going to be whatever it's a tool rather than thinking it's a something that you have to have to do you get the question about fasting quite a lot still yeah a decent amount a decent amount yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's kind of a you get it about different types of fasting as well obviously there the intermittent fasting, the five two. I get some people asking even about like prolonged water fasts, sort of thing, and um, which is a surefire way to do too much too soon, uh, and then think why we're doing this, and then end up binging the next kind of couple of weeks or however much, and just yeah, going back on it. So it's it's a tool, a useful tool in the toolbox. Is, as as you said, that's how I always describe mm. it. Yeah. So look, there's. Like you said, multiple reasons why 
people don't can 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 continue. Then the last kind of point before we go on to actually giving you some practical advice on on it is you have a lot of the time you don't have a any kind of objective data or any like objective goals that you set. So like losing weight, you know, is a terrible goal because it's you know there's no timeline, there's no deadline. You know, I'm not a fan of saying that you know you've got to lose x amount in x amount of days but try to put an end point on it you know like try to put like right i want to achieve you know i want to i want to move this is the what i'm going to be doing for the next four weeks this is what i'm going to do for the next eight weeks six weeks whatever and it allows your mind to know that there's an end that like there's a there's a kind of point in a road where you get to to reassess Whereas I think sometimes people can get overwhelmed if they don't have that in place when they get three weeks in and they're like, what am I going to do this for the rest of the year? And then they just give it up and go back to old habits. So for us, it's about putting that in. And in that time, in this time, it's about improving your default, improving your habits so that when you do finish whatever, say plan, coaching, you know, or, or even sprints, if you're doing it yourself, whatever sprint you're doing to that point, you've cultivated some of the skills and habits to be able to improve what you do as the norm. And that's going to help you kind of, kind of maintain it longer term. So, you know, you, you for me, put, put an end point in at least to have an assessment, you know, or a refocus or, you know, whatever. Otherwise, it's just going to drift. Cool. So, Lukey, going into how to approach your diet in 2024 we we like to say no fluff we want to be focusing on our kind of principle is about helping you to improve your performance improve your energy levels improve your health whilst losing weight so doing it in a healthy way it's we can get aggressive we can you know be be that people that kind of say like right you you need to cut this down but most of the time it's about simplification it's about making sure that you're nourishing your body and the way that we approach it is to ask people to look at their current diet first. So whether that's tracking their current intake for three days is something that we really advise people to be doing. So people to be aware of food diaries and, you know, doing that. But a lot of the time, these food diaries are either like written down on a bit of paper or taken pictures of. I am a big fan of tracking your intake for three days, your current intake, because a lot of the time, it's an eye-opener of what you're currently eating. It uh, allows you to kind of get a little bit of understanding of where macronutrients and calories come from in certain foods. And it's not this kind of big pressure that you've got to track every single thing for you know six weeks. What we then do is you have this data to be able to make some changes, make some small tweaks and updates to match what targets you've been set or you do, you have calculated yourself. One, it, the problem is that I find is that people do it the other way around, that they would get these targets and then try and track the intake as they go to match their targets. And they get to that 3 p.m. and they're like, oh, man, I've eaten all my calories for today. Ah, doesn't matter. I'll just keep eating delivery in the evening. Whereas if you have what you currently do, you can then look at where you're potentially kind of way over, potentially way under and make some small changes to the things that you're already doing to bring yourself in line with the um with the targets that are set this small change these tweaks are so much easier 
to do because you've already cultivated the skill of cooking these meals, of making these meals, of choosing these meals. It's so much easier than going like, oh, here's like 24 recipes. Go and make all of these every single day. And people just go like, I'm not going to do that. So that's the first part of what we advise people to be doing on our programs. It's what we encourage people to be doing in all of our free resources because it just gives you this nice bit of data, objective data to use to kind of, like you say, tweak and update. Does that kind of make sense? Like, you know, when you've done it with clients, Luke, what's the kind of feedback and how do people kind of approach it? In the first yeah, and there's kind of a, a couple of kind of different schools of thought kind of coming back to what you were saying about meeting people where they are. If somebody's never, ever sort of tracked macros, that kind of keeping track might just be, hey, let's take pictures of the food that you're having and do kind of a food diary in that way. And if it's people that are kind of relatively comfortable with tracking macros, that kind of thing, then diving into and getting a decent food diary from that is useful. And it can be pretty tough because yeah. um, people, more often than not, people aren't honest with themselves, with us as well about kind of what they're eating. I think it tends to be more with themselves. And, and so it can be super eye-opening, as you say. But yeah, it's 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 about kind of approaching it in a way that suits the individual. So like I said, someone that's not really a fan of tracking, maybe they've had symptoms of kind of disordered eating in the past, that kind of thing, then going for kind of photos of what they're doing and guiding kind of in that way and looking at, okay, well, let's see where we can make a change just based on the structure and simple ways of kind of managing portion sizes, as opposed to diving in and being like, oh, you're having, you know, 80 grams of carbs at dinner and let's bring that down to 60 and they get stressed out about that kind of those numbers um yeah it's still even though it's a a principle that is almost universal that we should all be aware of how much we're putting in our bodies it's how you do that is still going to change person to person based on what they're used to and what they essentially want to do and are willing to commit to too yeah I, i think you're right there and just to caveat what i said about you know say meeting people where they are and then asking people to be tracking if you're doing it yourself taking pictures i think is not as useful as if you've got a coach. So if you've got a coach looking at your fit photos, they're educated. They can be like, oh, that, that's too much of it. That's too much of that. That's too much of this. If you're just taking pictures of your food and you don't understand what macronutrients and calories are in this, you're just taking pictures of your food. Like you have no object, you have just no marker. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So when I say like people that are lower down the scale that don't have maybe the knowledge and the skills and everything else, the reason why I ask people to track their current intake is because it's a much easier transition to do that than track their intake where following a new diet or like making food, making it based off of recipes or based off of a meal plan because you've got to do two new things. You've got to enter in foods and make new recipes that you don't understand. Whereas if you can just be like, oh, well, I've got this packet of rice. I'm going to have X amount of it in my chili con carne. I'll put these ingredients that I already do into a tracking app, we'll just see what it is. Again, you don't have to do anything with it. So for me, that's that first step to someone that doesn't understand tracking and doesn't know what they're doing. You know, it's a very easy entry into it. And then you can start to manipulate it. It's one of the reasons we use macro. We're going to transition to macros first is because once you've got that data, it's actually very easy to manipulate the portion sizes in it. And it will teach you how to do that. So it's, it's quite a nice thing. But yeah, from a coaching perspective, we can then look at it, whatever it is, pictures, images, uh, videos, you know, tracking. And, and then, like I say, we can make some tweaks to it. We then obviously do have like recipes and meals and everything else. One of the unique things that we have 
is recipes and breakdowns that are calculated to your calories. Now, again, people that have done our program, these aren't 100% accurate, but very few things are in nutrition, but they get you very close. So instead of going, oh, eat a 500 calorie meal, like, again, the next step in the scale, people don't know what that is, but we'll break down how much you're meant to be eating and that will calculate on your plan. So you can choose a meal on your drop down and then it will tell you how much to eat. So what we find is this three days intro in terms of tracking and understanding or sending pictures or looking at what you do, you can then manipulate how far you are away from your target. So the classic one for me was always, you know, the guy I had was really, really good with his nutrition across the day. And he's like, man, I'm eating really good. Looked at his intake form that said like chili con carne, spag bowl, fajitas, these types of things in the evenings. You're like, oh, that sounds pretty good. And then we tracked his intake and his spag bowl was like 1300 calories. And he could be under the way. The rest of his day was super, really good. You know, people go, wow, that's mad. I'm like, well, 15% mint, loads of spaghetti, garlic bread, loads of Parmesan cheese, loads of olive oil, cooked mushrooms and onions. All of a sudden it racks up. And we made a small tweak and he lost weight. And without tracking that, I didn't need to give him a new peel plan. We just need to look at what he's currently doing and make tweaks to that. He's like, cool, I can do that. Same with fajitas, you know, have (laughs) two wraps instead of three wraps. You know, don't have loads of sour cream. It's it's these things that, again, make make it much more sustainable. So for me, that's how you have to approach it, whether you follow us, whether you use it yourself, look at what you're currently doing and make small changes to this. The next thing I like to talk about is making additions rather than always subtractions. People would just go, remove this, don't eat this, this is your food list, everything else you have to remove. Whereas we're very much about can you add more vegetable? Can you add more fiber? Can you add more volume? Can you add more protein? Can you add more water, hydration? You know, like can these types of things are allowing us to get more micronutrients into your body. They're allowing you to get better quality food into your body, which ultimately what we want to try to do is make you eat as much as you can to achieve your goal because it means more micronutrients, more energy, means more satiety, which means it's going to be easier for you to follow. That's a big one, isn't it? Like, do you find that, when clients get that bud, what's the kind of initial reaction and what, what what do you find that people kind of see when they start to actually make their meals a little bit bigger, potentially? I mean, it's the the kind of biggest, the most common one I get is I find myself snacking a lot less. That's the, yeah. the one that you hear often is like, oh, I don't need that snack. And they didn't necessarily need it in the first place sort of thing. But it's like the, the impact of just more food, higher food volume that's relatively low energy density stuff like protein that we know is so satiating and they find that yeah just later in the day they're not snacking they're not reaching for those kind of mindless things that they would have before and they feel satisfied after a meal as well that's one of the the most common kind of bits of feedback as well that i get it's like oh Mm. it it didn't feel like i was restricting and and it won't if you're doing it right you should be feeling can you shouldn't be feeling stuff so you shouldn't be a no. case of like that post christmas dinner feel where you just can't walk but you shouldn't finish a meal and then immediately be thinking about what's next where's it coming from next yeah. because you're that hungry it should be yeah i feel content. manageable hunger manageable manageable hunger. exactly yeah, yeah, you yeah. will be hungry at sometimes because you're trying to lose weight yeah like, yeah of course but it's manageable yeah and i think you know alluding to that the snacking side of things I think there's a few big, big rocks with people that are trying to struggle to lose weight, liquid calories, constant grazing, you know, un, well, kind of like mindless snacking. 
you know, whether that's afternoon, evenings, these types of things. But what we talk about is working with your diet rather than against it. And additions to us is a really easy thing for you to do. Like if it's a bigger plate of food, which is minimal extra calories, then you're going to take longer to eat it. You're going to feel fuller. And like you say, you're then not having to use willpower all of the time. You will have to use willpower because it's tough changing habits and changing lifestyle and changing your body. But if you can do it without having to constantly use willpower, you're much more likely to be successful beyond the first two weeks. When we people get to kind of that two, three week period, like what are the, what are the strategies that you kind of do then? If we've, if we've added food volume in, if we've, who did, well, started to look at the current diet, make some small tweaks, you know, if people maybe are like, well, I'm not seeing the change on the scale. Like what are the types of conversations that you're having with them? Yeah. So if they're not necessarily seeing the changes on the scale, then it can be relatively useful sometimes to say, okay, well, let's do a short period where you're a little bit more aggressive, almost just to, um, like I was sort of talking about before about motivation, almost just to bring that motivation back. And if they for two weeks just drop their intake down by however much it is in a controlled way and we're upfront and honest and we say like, hey, this will feel more like more restrictive, more like you're doing a diet but it will kind of elicit the results, then it can be a useful thing to almost kickstart a little bit of it. And, and then it almost regains their motivation, their confidence in what they're doing the right thing. And if it's kind of a couple of weeks and then you're back to kind of where they were at before, then there tends to not really be any long term. I mean, there won't be any long term issues anyway, but even short term, there doesn't tend to be any huge impacts on training or energy levels or that kind of thing. Um, yeah. And they can just kind of keep attacking it. And that's something that I've definitely done in the past that's been useful. I think, I think that's a useful thing, be doing it potentially once they've built a nice foundation for two weeks, yeah, 10 days. Yeah, for you know, sure. They feel more confident. They're like, yeah, well, things are feeling good. I feel more energized. I feel pretty good. I'm just not seeing, them, like, say, maybe the, the change on the scale. Okay, this is the time to maybe look where we can make some cuts, whether that's rest day, let's say, whether that's certain overall calories. Like, yeah, like you say, that's a more sensible strategy that we that definitely we implement. The other thing for me would be about framing progress. So most of the time people want the result yesterday and we definitely get results quickly, but you know, it's about frame progress. So in kind of conversations, I'm definitely encouraging, you know, you guys, coaches and myself to go, okay, well, you know, in the checking forms, how's your sleep? How's your digestion? How's your energy? How's your mood? How's your training performance? How's your recovery? Have you managed to train all the way through this week instead of like hanging by a thread by Thursday, you know? If you can highlight these, that's our job as coaches to get that highlighter pen out and go, look, look at all of these amazing things that you're doing. The change in the scale will happen, but sometimes it takes a little bit longer. You know, different individualization, I say people, you know, whatever. And this is, you know, definitely something that is very tough to do, especially if you're doing it by yourself. You know, if you don't have someone else pointing all of these things out, we can often get into that mode of like not seeing progress. This is rubbish. It's not working. So that's a big one for me. The, the, the kind of other thing, like when you get to this kind of like inflection point of like, oh, I'm not seeing progress is like you say to maybe get a bit more objective data. Yeah. If you're, if you're weighing yourself maybe once a week or maybe you weigh yourself at the start and then you're just going off the feel, I'm again, on the fence of this of like, you know, asking everybody to do it because that's not personalized nutrition. But if you are finding this, I would weigh yourself every day in the morning because we know that 
like Luke said earlier, progress isn't linear. And if you just weigh yourself on a certain day, you put so much emotion onto that day to be like, oh, I wonder what my weight's going to be. You could sleep poorly. You could eat a poor meal. You could you know, be stressed with your job or your wife or your husband or your kids or you could train really hard the day before. You could eat a little bit more extra food and that's just sitting in your gut because your digestion on a poor digestion that day. So all of this compounds in terms of you not seeing the result that you think on the scale, but actually progress has been made. But if you can look at trends and look at where your, say, weight is trending, and like Luke said, if it's linear overall, then we're on the right way. We're on the right track. But I think it's a useful tactic if you're not see if you're not seeing the progress that you think you should. That's when that's when I think I would be like, cool, we're gonna weigh ourselves for a ten days. Every day. And take the emotion away. You can even use Renfo scales where you don't even have to look at it. You can just step on it with your mobile phone and it just like does it straight to your phone or within ones, whatever. And that for me is a very useful tool to look at what's happening on average. Yeah. So rather than you know, doing it once every three weeks. Pictures as well. Do you, some of your clients, we don't actually put pictures out, but like we got pictures on our, you know, they, they post them on our app, don't they? Pictures of stuff that we, that it's, it's a very personal thing, progress pictures, um, which is the reason we kind of don't yeah. send them out. And um, But they're things that, that kind of, with certain individuals anyway, encourage to use. It's one of those, again, where you have that conversation with them and if they're not comfortable using them, then, that's fair. And it's always a case of like, hey, these are for you. Like they're they're a good measure. You can kind of get a decent idea of um, levels of leanness and they can be super, super useful for some mm. people. For other people, they can kind of just be more areas of stress. Yeah. So it's, it's again, just totally individual. I always think, yeah. Using them. I think it's, so it's a useful metric if you don't want to like say see the objective number and get hung up on that. Um, because usually, you know, the, the, you, again, even if you see a change on the scale, sometimes, especially if you're new to this, you can gain a little bit of muscle, lose a bit of fat, and actually there isn't too much of a gain, or, or sorry, a loss on the scale. But seeing seeing it is 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 really useful. Cool. So now people are going into you know through our process, what we have is like a we have a check in every week. You know, coaches are talking to you every you know all, all through the week through the app, and there's daily lessons, there's daily accountability because. Again, another big part of why I think people fail on their diets is accountability. It's an enormous part of what we do. It's why we've chosen the, to set our plan up the way that we set it up, where you get your plan at the start. You then get a daily lesson and a daily accountability kind of check-in to educate you, to hold you accountable without having to check in with your coach every single day. Because usually that, that those conversations don't need to be had every day. We want to provide you with more advice. We want to provide you with more education, guidance, and useful things that are going to help you to navigate this confusing world. But it's also just a gentle push, a little nudge, a little poke to be like, oh, you keep doing the good things. Have you done this? Yep, we've done it. Cool. A little bit of momentum. And that we find is a really important part, like a really important part of how we see success throughout the whole six weeks. I think it's missing in a lot of people's nutrition and other diet plans. You know, it's like, you look at them and you're like, oh, yeah, you get a plan and then like bi-weekly check-ins, you know, and I'm like, well, after two weeks, they've got to navigate without any contact. Oh, here's a library of YouTube videos that are 40 minutes long. Well, I'm never going to watch them. I'm not hating on other people's things, but I just think that, again, if you're someone that's like self-motivated, crack on. 
But if you, most people need a bit of accountability, and especially if you're really trying to change something, you know, uh, that you've struggled with in the past, through that that side of things, I think is is really a nice blend. Uh, and then what we try to do towards the end is teach you how to have that. It's not an exit plan, but throughout it, you're, we're cultivating the skills, we're we're forming the habits to improve your default, to improve your foundation. So that when you do have times where things go a little bit wrong, like throughout the program, your coach is there to give you a kick up the ass. And when things are going well, we're there to put arm around you. But ultimately after this, you will have formed a really good understanding of how to navigate certain situations and how to navigate your diet to see, see, to see continued progress. You know, it's, it's something, again, we find that people are still using the form, the, 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 the plan, the, the habits, the, the principles, two, three years later, we catch people in the gym and they're like, oh, I did your plan a couple of years ago. Still doing the same things. I'm still making this recipe. And for me, that's a powerful thing. And that's where I think we separate ourselves and really do a really good job with, I know other people have accountability stuff, so it's, it's not unique to us, but the way we set it up, I think is really cool. And, and it, like I said, we just keep improving on that this year. So that's, that's for me, a missing part. And if you're doing it by yourself, get an accountability partner. Talk to someone, get someone else that you're doing it with you, like, or tell people or, you know, write stuff on a little checklist on the fridge that you tick, tick off every day or things that you've got to do. Some form of accountability is essential. Don't say just go, like, I'm going to lose weight and follow this diet and then don't actually do it. Cool. So when someone comes towards the end of their coaching, Luke, like, what are the types of things that you're, you're educating them on? Like, what are the, the kind of key points that you're maybe saying, look, after this, this is what you need to do. So it's it's always that kind of what next question. And again, it's always dependent on uh, what they need. If they're wanting to kind of pursue a little bit more fat loss, say they've done one of the six-week programs and they've had some fantastic results, but they want that a little bit more. And then it's a case of just kind of working through what to do next, what to do maybe similar, what to do maybe different. We kind of like to work into those plans as well, a little bit of a diet break. Because it's one of those yeah. where if you kind of just send someone off on yep. fat loss until the end of time, they're <laughs> going to get to a point where they're going to feel like garbage. And so working in sort of a couple of weeks of a little bit of a, a refeed or a diet break, whatever you want to call it. And it's mm. not a case of a couple of weeks of going and doing whatever you want. It's just a couple of weeks of, hey, let's just bump intake up just a little bit. Let's see how that affects energy levels in training. Let's kind of almost use it as a reset controlled ways so that obviously weight's not going to spiral up as well and then after kind of a week or two on that it's like cool you'll now probably see more of an impact when you drop down again to yeah. more of a deficit to get those results also a case of helping people manage getting back into maintenance if say they're at a sort of weight that they want to be at how to kind of come back up out of that fat loss out of that deficit without as i say kind of piling the weight back on and then getting demotivated and and because we know that that's kind of the the Weight Watchers or Slimming World School of, oh, you've lost weight, but as soon as you leave us, you're going to put it back on again and then you're going to come crawling back. That's not what we do at all. It's much more a case of, sweet, you've lost this. Here's how to keep it off. Here's how to yeah. get to that maintenance. Um, and so I actually end up almost mapping out in sort of a planner on their spreadsheet for them the next however many weeks, months to guide them sort of how to do that. Hey, here's how to change this. Here's what I would do in that instance, whether yeah. it's adding in a little bit of extra here. Okay, where were hunger levels the worst? You're in this. Let's put in something nice and easy in the gap there so that yeah. you're bringing it up slowly, steadily. We're not totally overhauling. We're not totally taking everything away that you've done, that you've built. 
the structure still would kind of remain the same more often than not. And it would just be, yeah, hey, these are the little changes to get to that maintenance, to feel strong in training. And then here's what to do if ever you need to kind of change things as well. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's something that is so valuable to, to have that little bit of a, a roadmap, isn't it? Of like, well, what's next? And, you know, this is why challenges and everything else, they get the same results. But then you talk to people like, and I'm like, oh, I've kind of back to where I started. You know, two months later, that roadmap of just this is how to manipulate it is so crucial. We don't really go into like cutting and bulking. It's not really something that we kind of advise people on. It's, it's more about like, say, how to manipulate it if this happens or this is what you want to achieve. So say they'd lost five, six kilos. Some, you know, some clients do that in our six weeks. If they lost four kilos, if you want, if the goal is to keep going, this is the sensible way, more pro, you know, applicable way to actually do it. As opposed to, well, I just need to keep eating less because that's going to help me to get my progress. Like for me, that having that mapped out is, is so valuable. The other thing that we do throughout the end of the program in terms of the education, the lessons is to look at everything else around calories and macros and amounts. So if you built a really nice foundation, often it's other areas that you can improve that will then allow you to continue to see progress. So it could be, kelp. let's fix, let's improve your sleep. Let's improve your digestion. Let's improve your immune system. Let's improve your workout nutrition. Let's improve uh, meal prep skills. So it reduces the time that it takes to be able to kind of make everything for, you know, across the week. Like it's those little things that if you can start to like, say, tick them off around just like what macro split do I need? That's how you can sustain things. And I think, again, it's, it's an area where we put a lot of effort and this is where we've updated guides and educational resources on the six week program to be able to provide you. And, and you download these and these are yours and they cover so many areas. If you can do that and not just go, Oh, I'm not seeing progress. I'll default to cutting my calories. I think you're in the top 5% of people that are going to see progress and, and actually have that kind of bird's eye view of like, well, what area actually am I, am I not seeing progress in or either I need to improve? that's going to help me to, to achieve my goal. That's a big education. The last two weeks is, is moving away from like nutrition and diet related macros and numbers and calories and recipes to more, like you say, other areas of nutrition or, or areas that nutrition can affect. So again, people come away with a really well-rounded kind of approach. So hopefully they can get results and maintain them for longer than the 15th of January. So yeah. Cool. I, I think for me, that's hopefully been very, very helpful. I think it's been very helpful for kind of almost for us going and mapping out actually like what we do and, you know, giving people a, a kind of clear roadmap of this is, this is, if you want to do it yourself, this is how you do it, you know, and probably you need to go back through and look at some of the, some of the pointers. So kind of like scroll back through this episode and, and, and take notes and, and, and maybe implement, so say some of these things early on and, you know, like, if you do get stuck, like we start on the 11th of January, you know, you can always reach out to us and, and get some help. But please, please like try to think about what we spoke about today. And, you know, we don't want you to be kind of just perpetually trying to sign up to everything in January and failing in the first couple of weeks and then bumbling through and not really knowing where to go. You know, please reach out to us if you're struggling with anything, if you try to do it yourself. Like, like I said in previous episodes, we've got tons of free resources that will help you in certain areas. It's not just about kind of jumping onto coaching, but you know, like anything, you know, if you've tried this before, 
I would highly encourage paying someone who is educated and trained in this to be the guide in helping you to do this. Like Luke said, we're almost doing ourselves out of a job. It is not a long-term thing that you're wanting to sign up to. It is about 42 days of educating and finding a way that pattern of eating that fits to your lifestyle and your situation at this moment in time and then giving you the resources and tools to be able to kind of you know manipulate that long term so this is what we do lukey any any final remarks or questions tips tricks you want to kind of cover no not not for myself i think we covered yeah a huge amount there so just that's good all good fantastic well thank you so much if you got this far well done on this episode and if you are struggling with your nutrition and want to be the guidance then reach out to us drop us a message we've got loads of free stuff okay we've got a free webinar happening on the 3rd of january we've got free guides you know go to the website take a look at the resources and like you say if you're if you're stuck a little bit confused please reach out to us thank you so much for listening if there's anything you want us to cover on future episodes or q a's please please message us best way instagram and or drop us an email from the website and thank you so much for listening to any support. And we'll catch you on the next episode. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm, Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs>